and welcome to Trashlight. I am one of your hosts, Colleen. And I am your other host, Rebecca, and here on Trashlight, we talk about the good, the bad, and the culturally relevant from Stephanie Meyer's Twilight Saga, chapter by chapter. Today we are talking about chapter 39 of Breaking Dawn. It's the last chapter of Breaking Dawn. It's called The Happily Ever After. And in this chapter, there is a full rehash of the climax of the book, where we tell, don't show. And then we tell, don't show how everyone <laughs> leaves and winds up in a hetero couple. And then we tell, don't show that Edward and Bella have sex. And that's it. Yes. Um, I also want to talk about the acknowledgments and the index, but we will, we will get there at the end, just yes. very briefly. So the very beginning of this chapter starts with, Carlisle and Siobhan's talking about her manifesting again. My question again is, why can't Eleazar just tell us? Why can't we just confirm? Just get some confirmation. But basically, Edward is just rehashing the entire thing, which is so frustrating because it was such a bad climax, and now we have to listen to it a second time. Yes. The one good thing that comes of this is that Emmett puts some respect on the werewolves' names. Emmett is like, I don't think we would have thrown them off their game as much if we hadn't had 14 gigantic wolves walk out. I was like, thank God someone is being nice to them. Yes. Jesus. Finally. Oh, and I think this is the chapter where we do get more talk of the, like, the children children of of the moon. moon. Yes. 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 Um, But no, we, we do get a lot of telling, not showing. Yeah, the Children of the Moon, so to just, like, finish out that point from a couple weeks ago, are more of the classic werewolves. Like, they forcibly turn into wolves during the full moon. They are not, like, shapeshifters who can do it at will. And we learn that they are Caius's like, sworn enemy and that he, like, nearly wiped them to extinction because he really hates them. And they are able to infect other people. So yes, they're, yes. they are infectious uh, rather than genetic. Yes. Which is kind of bonkers. Yeah. But yes. um, we also get, uh, Bella asks Jasper about his relationship with Jay Jenks, and he says something completely sociopathic, and Bella makes a mental note to never let Jasper talk to that man again and to take over all business dealings with him, which, good for Bella. Yes, yes. Confirmation, truly. Because Jasper's like, oh, yeah, some relationships are best if they're, you know, completely terrified of me. No! And it's just like, what, what? we live in a society, Jasper, you can't do that. Also, what does Alice see in this sociopath? What on earth does Alice see in him? Does he have just, like, an extremely good dog? I, like, what? He, he has to be incredible in bed. Like, yeah, I was gonna say, he, like, not just big penis, like, he has to be he so He has to know how to bed. use it, yeah, it's gotta be, it has to be about how good There's he is in bed. no other way, because he's not that hot in the movies. N- truly not, God. Ugh. And that wig is so bad. He looks like a kid who lived kind of adjacent to my freshman hall, which is very funny. Yikes. And the once I once I saw that in college, I could never unsee it. I was like, oh, oh no. Do you remember this kid? Uh, maybe. You would have to tell me what I'll, his name was. I'll bleep it. It was Oh, oh. Uh, no. Well, see, I've seen some of Kirsten's most recent pictures of him, and he looks very different now. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but anyway, but yeah, no, and the point is that Jasper simply has to be amazing in bed because he has no other redeeming qualities. Literally none. Literally none. <sighs> Oi. Yeah. Yeah. Dear God. And Bella and Alice also have a conversation that's meant to be, like, healing, I guess, about how Alice left and Bella was very hurt about that. Um, but it happens in public and it's not productive and it's very, very bad. It's really weird. 
it's very weird. Like, I understand why that conversation needs to happen, because Bella was understandably hurt. I mean, she was dumb about it, but whatever, by Alice leaving them. But that is not at all the time or the place to have those sorts of healing conversations. Yeah, it's a definitely a both-and situation, right? Like, Bella can yeah. both understand why Alice left without telling anyone anything and be hurt that Alice that it felt like Alice abandoned her. Yeah. And that's the kind of conversation that you can, like, a complicated relationship conversation that you can have with someone you love and you care about, but you need to do it in private, and you need to do it with a way less jovial tone than both of them used in this conversation. Yeah. Like, Alice kind of, like, makes it this big joke because she's our, like, flighty manic pixie dream girl. And it's like, this is not, that's... Like, I don't think that this conversation should be a condemnation of Alice, because like I said, it's this both and statement, yeah. right? Like, we can both understand why Alice did it and be hurt and understand the hurt that it caused. Yes. And like, and understand that the hurt might have been necessary. Yeah. But you don't get to just be like, whatever, I can see the future. Yeah. Like, that's not how you handle... Maybe this is why Alice and Jasper get along. Because Alice doesn't handle her emotions and neither does Jasper. He handles other people's. Yikes. Yeah, he handles hers. Um, and she just doesn't care she what decides. he does. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. We also get some really creepy, unsettling interest from... I'm going to mispronounce this gentleman's name because I did not look up how to pronounce it. So I'm going to actually do that right now. Yeah, go for it. Helen. He- Helen? Yes. I thought that was the ant. I thought, nah, Nahuel? Oh, Helen is the ant. You're so right. <laughs> Nahuel, yes. I don't know how to pronounce that. That was my... Nahuel. Okay. Yes. Nahuel. Because he's, like, staring at Bella. Yeah, and Renesmee, and it's, like, really creepy and unsettling. Yes, yes. Um, and Edward does explain why he's doing this. Um, because we're telling, not showing in this chapter. Exactly, yes. Because he, oh, but the, our person of color doesn't get to have his own voice. Mm-mm. Um, that would be too much. But Edward explains that he has blamed himself for years and years and years for killing his mother. And he thought that that was just like a part of being a half human, half vampire individual. But because he was raised by his aunt... Um, he has a sense of guilt about it because his aunt loved his mother, blah, 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 blah. And that seeing Bella with Renesmee is allowing him to forgive himself. But wouldn't that... Make you feel worse? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Like, oh, I... Yeah. Yeah. It would make me feel worse, certainly. Yeah, because I would have been like, well, I had to have killed my mom. That's just how it be. And then if I had seen someone who hadn't, I would have been... I would feel way guiltier. I'd be like, oh, shit. I yeah. didn't have to kill my mom. Yeah. That sucks. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Because I think this would, like, I feel like since he's been alive for about 150 years, he's probably able to have done some sort of, like, healing and forgiveness in advance. Maybe I'm expecting too much of men. But. Perhaps. <laughs> Where he's like, oh, okay, like, this is just a thing that all half-human, half-vampires have done. Like, I couldn't. I was a baby just born. I couldn't an help infant. it. Yeah. Um, I can forgive myself for this. And now seeing Bella with Renesmee, that would like, that would cause me to spiral again. Yep. But. Same. But no, this, that's what brings him to healing. White people. Yikes. The perfect white family. 
Yeah, what he needed was 1950s suburbia. Yikes. Jesus Christ. Oh my god. When Edward is explaining that to Bella, that's also when we get the second creepiest line in this, or the creepiest, the second grossest after my brother, my son. 100%. Which is, which is, credit to Jacob, he hasn't even thought once about the fact that Renesmee is going to be fully mature in seven years. Why did we bring that up? Ah! Oh, that peach real bad. (laughs) It also sounded in my earphones across this as like two distinct notes happening at the same time. I'm actually honestly impressed that that <laughs> happened because it was just me, baby. I'm tooth and throat singing over here. Oh my god! It did sound like a Nazgul, though, right? That was yeah, like, it did. That sounded very Nazgul like. I'm very impressed. Damn. I'm okay. great. Yeah. Anyway, again, that didn't need to be mentioned at all. Also, banging a seven-year-old is still having sex with a child. <sighs> god. Yikes! Jesus fucking Christ! Yikes! Yeah, it's we still didn't nasty. Be- it's still pedophilia. Like, she actively chose to bring up... Pedophilia. Yes. In a sexual lens. Yes. Like, up until this point, she's been like, oh no, it's not pedophilia. Nope, not pedophilia. And now she's like, oh, but it will be. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> but it will be so ominous. You know? So menacing. It will be, uh devastating. Oh, God. Absolutely devastating. Mm, horrific. Truly. Oh, sweet Jesus. Um, we also get the little, like, YA outro of, like, what everyone does. You know, who stays, who leaves. Yes. Um, and there's, like, you know, a, a bit that's, like, you know, the Denali clan goes because they're still grieving Irina's death. And the note that I wrote is, Irina's death doesn't matter because we never cared about her. Yep. Like... If we weren't going to have a battle, but we were going to kill one person, you needed to kill a person that we cared about if you wanted it to have any emotional impact later. Like, if you didn't want it to have emotional impact later, that's fine. Kill yeah. Irina. Yeah. But if you're going to bring it back to try to have emotional impact, it needed to have been someone we cared about. And we never were supposed to care about Irina at all. No. Yep. <sighs> yeah, it's just, it's not, we chose the wrong character for this. Um, yeah. But then everyone else disperses. Except for... In their little hetero pairings. Yes, yes. Because we can't... Can't have anything else. And then Bella and Edward go to their... Have sex. Love shack. And Bella pushes her shield away from herself so Edward can read her mind for the first time. Ugh. Stupid. Yes. Yes. I remember as a kid thinking that this was a dumb way to end the book. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yes. And it's very, very rushed. Yes. Because usually we've got, like, a chapter or two of wind down and then an epilogue. And our epilogues are usually chapter length. But we just have this. Yeah, for a book that's super long, you would think some of the space could have been dedicated to having a more fleshed out ending. Yes. To tying up literally your series. Right. But it's just like, oh, Kate and I practiced this a little tiny bit. Yeah. And that was it. And we're done. End scene. Cut scene. And then they bang. Yes. Fade to black. Yep. So should I talk about the uh, index and the acknowledgements? Yeah, go for it. So there is an index at the back. That is what the mysterious asterisk leads to, which I definitely need. And it's, you know, it's just got all the vampire names in it. So Mm -hmm. that exists. That's great. The acknowledgements, I have a few notes. 
In the acknowledgments, Stephanie Meyer does spell hot H-A-W-T, which is such a late 2000s thing that it made me physically uncomfortable. That's horrific. Um, she also said something about it being 2008, and I kept saying that this book came out in 2010, so my bad. I was wrong. This book came out in 2008. Um, so a a retraction, an apology. Don't cancel me. (laughs) Um, the other interesting thing from this acknowledgement section is that she talks about an author friend of hers who helped her, Shannon Hale, which is wild to me. Oh. Because Shannon Hale did, like, the Goose Girl books. Goose Girl, and she did Princess Academy, I think. Yeah, I think so. I'll have to look it up. Anyway, I read a bunch of Shannon Hale books, and I enjoyed them a lot. Yeah. Um, And so the fact that they're friends is absolutely wild to me. I'm looking up Shannon Hale books. Okay. Oh, she wrote the Princess in Black series, which if you have a young kid now, that's like a thing. The Goose Girl series. Yeah, the Princess Academy series. Yes, she did. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So... That's wild that they're friends. Yes. Yep. Um, but she, that was kind of the only note I had. Yeah, she also gives a lot of um, props to Muse. Um, yes. Which is still very funny to me. Um, her other writing inspiration playlist names that get dropped are Interpol, Motion City Soundtrack, and Spoon. Spoon is such a choice. Aren't they an Austin band? They are. Oh my god. But they're one of those Austin bands that, like, people in Austin either like them or think that you're not a real Austinite if you like them. It's like, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that like, very specific sh- subgenre of bands from Austin where you're either, like, hometown and then, uh, like, half of, like, the hipster hips, like, the people who are yeah. hipsters about hipsters are like, you're not a real Austinite if you like Spoon. It's yeah. Like, okay. Yep, yep, yep. You need to fucking relax, actually. Yes. Uh, oh, man. Yep, yep, I used yep. to get Spoon and Fish mixed up. See, I don't, I'm not sure I've ever, like, heard a fish song, or if you played them on the radio, I wouldn't be able to be like, ah, yes, fish. Um, I think they might have been at ACL the same year, and that was my problem, is that, like, no idea. I mixed the, please, like, that could be totally wrong. I think fish was at ACL at some point, and I saw them, but, like, that That might be why I got them. Like, huge, technically. Why I got them confused. They're very jam bandy. They're also they yes. also inspire strong feelings in people, right? Like you either oh, people really either like them or love them or hate despise them. Despise them. They're um, from Vermont, apparently, because I've now Googled fish. Fish. Good for them. We're we're vamping because we're at sixteen minutes and there's nothing else to say. There's legitimately, yeah, nothing else to say. Um with I so I will give like programming notes. So next week we will have the breaking trash trashed episode. Mm-hmm. The week after that we will do our interlude episode. It's always a little bit of a surprise, so we're not gonna tell you what it is. Um and then we will dive into Midnight Sun. Midnight Sun is shorter than Breaking Dawn, but still got like nearly 30 chapters, so it'll take us like the better part of a year to get through it. So The podcast is nowhere close to being out of Twilight material, but thinking very far ahead, when we finish Midnight Sun, we're considering doing The Host, another Stephanie Meyer book. We, like, have toyed with the idea of doing other bad, like, paranormal romance YA shit. So if you have, and this is, I will say this the way that I talk to my students, me asking for suggestions is in no way a guarantee that the thing that you suggest <laughs> is actually going to happen, which is a thing I say to children. And then when I don't do their suggestions, they're like, but I asked for this. And I'm like, well, I, I didn't said guarantee. It was a <laughs> so I trust you, dear listener, much more than I trust seven year olds. But 
this is by, by no means a guarantee that it's something we would do. And also, like, Rebecca and I have very limited capacity to do a first read on something. Like, a reread is going to be a lot easier for us. So if you send us something that is something neither of us have ever heard of before, that's, like, a big emotional commitment. Yes. Um, but if you have any suggestions of things that you think it would be fun for us to cover on this podcast that are adjacent to Twilight in some way, either in the same YA paranormal romance genre or related to Stephanie Meyer or just, like, were extremely popular in the mid to late 2000s kind of thing, like, feel free to send those suggestions our way. Like I said, no guarantee that we'll do them, but we don't have plans on ending this podcast ever. So we can just keep going. Like, if you... If you can help us make a good list, we can just keep going and reading bad books. Like Yeah, absolutely. Um so the other thing is if you it is still an appropriate time to send us a picture of the cover of Midnight Sun. Um when you do that, we will donate the full hardcover price of Midnight Sun per picture to the Quilliute Move to Higher Ground project. Just as a like we finished these books and Stephanie Meyer owes these people way more than she ever gave them. So, and it's a great thing. So if you want to donate on your own to that move to higher ground foundation, like, please do that too. If you're like thinking about it because we're talking about it, like we encourage you to do that as well. All of these inquiries, questions, suggestions, congratulations that we have finished breaking Dawn, um, can be sent to trashlight at gmail.com. You can reach out to us, to us, to Ush. <laughs> to Ush. You can reach out to Usher on social media. I think he's got a Twitter. I would be stunned if he didn't. Um, you could reach out to Usher, but you can, we're probably way more likely to respond to you than Usher. So you can reach out to us. Uh, we have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Trashlight. We have a Tumblr, trashlight-podcast.tumblr.com. And we have a website, trashlight.simplecast.fm. And we just hit the 20-minute mark, so when we edit, it's going to be shorter. But we have recorded 20 minutes, so I think that counts. We've We've done it. We've made it, fam. Oh, bless us. Bless this mess. Or something. Alrighty. Um, on that note. Bye. Bye.